This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Whoa, 9.1%. 9.1% inflation. Do you see that? That's just an astonishing number. Wow, 9.1%. 9.1%. All of Joe Biden's wisdom, his expertise, all of that time in government, his stewardship of the economy is the worst imaginable. Oh, boy. This is, look, I want the best for our country. We all do. We got to fight to save this country, and we re- we are in a... <laughs> You know how they say we got to save this country? Usually it doesn't really, you know, all presidents say that. We got to work to save this country. We got to we got to save America. I remember when I was a kid, it never made any impact on me because I had a fundamental understanding that America was going to be okay, right? That we were going to be fine, that we were going to beat the Russians. That's the only thing I was really worried about as a kid, that the Russians would uh, gain the advantage, but not really. Remember that movie they played? Uh, what was it? The Day After with Jason Robards. And it was actually a a movie of the week on, I think, Channel 7. And it was about a, a first strike by the Russians. And uh, we we get almost annihilated. What would it be like? What would the day after a nuclear war be like? And you thought about it all the time. There was this sense that all of a sudden everything could end. That they could somebody could push the nuclear button and we'd all just be vaporized in a second. That's that's a big thing to worry about, but uh, we won, of course, and I knew we would. I knew we would, but I don't know. I don't know if we're going to win this stuff, right? What's going on right now? Crime out of control, a hideous conversation about race. Uh, Our political culture is broken. Our culture is broken. Science is all fouled up. Listening to an unelected bureaucrat like Fauci. Um, Gender, the, the most perverse conversation about gender. I mean, did you hear that that lady in God bless Senator Hawley? I'll play that for you in a moment. But again, growing up and even before I grew up, politicians talked about saving America. Did they really mean it? Because I think we really did have the upper hand back then. Cut 19, please. We'll be hearing from Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, the worst, and the great Ronald Reagan. Hit it. Cut 19. I love my country. And I think my country is in danger. And I think the only man that can save America at this time is the man that's running for president on my ticket. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. Some will say our mission is to save free enterprise. Well, I say we must free enterprise so that together we can save America. But again, save America. I mean, we were a superpower. Nothing was going to stop us. Yeah, we might fall short a quarter or whatever, but we were on top. We were staying on top. Now, 
when they talk about saving America, it really is. Everything's on the line here. We could It could go either way. We could lose this country. We are that fouled up. Now, I am optimistic, and I am, quite frankly, joyous, actually, that I can engage in this fight with honesty and truth, maybe a little bit of humor, and I think we can win. I know we can win, but it's wild. It's wild to watch. We really do have to work to save this country. And here's the evidence that the country is totally, potentially, well, in really bad shape. I've seen a lot of videos. We've all seen viral videos. You name it. We've seen it already. But I had never seen something like this. A little kid. We played this yesterday, but it still haunts me. A little kid. He must be six, seven years old, saying horrible curse words, directing them at a cop and punching the police officer. A little six-year-old, beautiful little kid. Full of hate. Where do you think he learned this? I'm not, no, I'm not going to blame the parents. I'm going to blame the mainstream media. I'm going to blame Joe Biden. I'm going to blame the Democrats, the woke left. You guys. If you listen to that crap, this is what you get. Cut 20, please. Come here, face He's trying to beat up on a cop, and it's not play fighting. Yelling and jeering cops. All right, I know you really couldn't make much of that gibberish out, but he's saying horrible curse words. Little six-year-old kid. And he's punching a cop. Now, it's not really hurting the cop. He's like punching his knees. He, he's, the kid's only two feet tall. But man, he hates the police. Hates the police. Where could he have gotten a notion like that, huh? Where could that have happened? Hmm. Any clue? Any clue whatsoever? Thanks a lot, Black Lives Matter. And thanks a lot, liberal Democrats. Was it worth it? Was it worth it really to get Joe Biden elected? To keep what's his name, Barack Obama in power. That's how Black Lives Matter started, you know, because Barack Obama started suffering with uh, in the polls with black people. They thought everything was going to change. Some of them, when he got elected, and they didn't. They got worse. So they started to turn on him. Seriously, his support went from like ninety percent to eighty-five percent to eighty percent. So they had to gin up a lot of fear, and they did. Black Lives Matter came around, and then he started saying like a. Uh, wading into racially charged issues, saying things like, if I had a kid, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. If I had a boy, if I had a son. Now we have a president who was actually fine with political prisoners, political prisoners in America, and he even jokes about it. Cut 21. You often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, <laughs> won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you got to send them to jail. <laughs> send them to jail. Cute, huh? How was democracy at risk under Trump? How exactly? How? I'd like to know how. I'd like to ask Joe Biden, how was that? Mm, the Russians? No, that was that was fake news. The Ukraine phone call? Don't you dare go there. You want to talk Ukraine? You want to talk about jeopardizing 
American interests. How much money did Hunter get? Huh? How much has he got? How much is he getting? How about China? You're the one who has jeopardized American interests with your ridiculous uh, taste for the finer things. You're a damned small-time politician from Delaware. What do you need with five houses? What do you need with $4,000 suits? He's a clothes horse, by the way. It really is. So uh, w- w- how did Trump undermine democracy? The mean tweets? Uh, what? What? Very traditional, played by the rules. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Right, January 6th, January 6th. He summoned a mob. He sent them to the Capitol. He tried to overturn an election. No, no, and no. No. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. You can look it up in the Constitution. And when they say that Donald Trump was told by the people closest to him that the election wasn't stolen, you know what? It doesn't matter what they said. It was what he was thinking. And he was fully entitled to press, to badger, to cajole, to get on the phone and yell. He could do all those things. We don't have a system where the president of the United States has to poll his advisors every time he's got something sensitive. And if seven of the the ten say this, then he must do that. That's what Liz Cheney is trying to sell you. Liz Cheney. Yikes. Liz Cheney, the worst. Ready? Cut 25. Today, there appears to be a general recognition that the committee has established key facts including that virtually everyone close to President Trump, his Justice Department officials, his White House advisors, his White House counsel, his campaign, all told him the 2020 election was not stolen. Those people don't know. It's not even in their portfolio. They're not experts. It does not matter. He could have had a wild, just a hunch that the election was no good. There's a hell of a lot more than a hunch. There were huge problems, especially in Pennsylvania. Oh, boy, in Pennsylvania. He had every right to object to this election under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. There is a provision under the law. It's totally legal. They don't want you to know that. Ah, This is, um, you know, I do sometimes get sad. I do sometimes get really worked up. And they're trying to, you know, tarnish Trump so much that people will just say, oh, you know what, he's not worth it. Oh, gosh, you know. That's what this is. This is basically the January 6th hearings. They are illegal campaign contributions. Government is not supposed to work this way. You don't put on a one-sided government, a one-sided argument. You can't. We have an adversarial system, checks and balances. You can't do this. What they are doing is anti-democratic. What they are doing is illegal. This J6 nonsense, January 6th. So you know what I like to do? They, they take themselves so, so seriously. Listen to Benny Thompson here, the chairperson. And just so you know, he did not go to Donald Trump's inauguration, January 20th of 2017. How's that for supporting democracy? No, he was so bitter about the results and he was so active in pushing the Russia hoax that he turned his back on democracy. I can say that, Benny Thompson. But Benny, you really think you're a very important person in the committee. What are you guys? What is this? The year 1100 and you're all priests or something like this? Listen to what he says to the room just before they're about to take a break. All right. Who the hell does this? The, are these servants of the people? Do they serve us or are we supposed to be serving them? Benny Thompson, cut 36. The chair requests that those in the hearing room remain seated 
until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room. <laughs> what, what, what makes you so special? We're going to remain seated? It's like, it's like we're going to you know, wait until the priest leaves the church before we can leave? Screw you. Screw you and your family. Oh, by the way. Yeah. If you're really angry, you can say that. I don't want anything bad to happen to his family, but screw you. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so on the Newsmax show last night, what I do is this. When I get really angry at these people, especially self-important jerks like that, uh, so when he marches out of the room, I actually gave him some marching music to one of my favorite songs. You ready? It was really good. You got to watch my Newsmax show, 10 o'clock. Uh, weeknights, and uh, when they marched out of the room, I gave them some very appropriate marching music. You ready? Cut 24. Huh? Name that tune. (laughs) That's right. It's Hogan's Heroes. I tell you what, it's extra funny when they walk out or walk in and I got that music in the background. Did anybody ever do that? You know when you're a kid and you have bad dreams, you think the boogeyman is under the bed? I used to think of happy songs from TV that would get me through. Hogan's Heroes, the theme from The Odd Couple. I mean, how can anything be wrong in the world? How can there be a monster in the, under my bed when you got songs like this, right? How can there be a monster? Absolutely nothing to worry about. Da, 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 da. Goodbye, January 6th committee. Go away forever, please. Unfortunately, they're coming back. I think when's their next primetime thing? They're going to try another stunt in primetime. Hey, I got a story here that blows the lid off of uh, Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. Uh, She was lying uh, from beginning to end, and it looks like she had a great big financial incentive to lie. Uh, We'll have that. Also, Joe Biden violating the doctor's orders, shaking everybody's hands. You know, they told him they told him yesterday, don't shake anybody's hands when you're in Israel and Saudi Arabia. What does he do? He shakes everybody's hands. And then he got into a nasty, violent almost confrontation with a reporter so we've got that, and uh, we've got a few other things on this. What date is it? July? Th- oh, oh, oh. I called the cops. Somebody had to do it. I called the cops on those crazy sex fiends in Washington State. Hey, everybody likes sex. I get it, right? But it's, it, it, it's, it's an adult activity. Don't bring the kids. There is a sex shop in Washington State. They are pressuring children to join in on their shenanigans as young as nine years old. I called the cops on them. I actually recorded the whole thing. Uh, This is actually taking off. It's becoming a big deal. And I think we're going to get justice. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 9.1% inflation. There are full-blown riots in countries that have less inflation than that. Where are some of the places that we've seen that? We've seen it in Ghana, Sri Lanka, uh, Ecuador, uh, where else? Uh, Albania. And some of those countries have numbers even less than ours. Now, I don't want to see riots, certainly not. 
Uh, 9.1%. We have got to save this country. We are falling apart economically, culturally, and you know what? We've got some great warriors, though, fighting back. Now, do you know who Josh Hawley is, a senator from Missouri? Brilliant guy. Um, young, brave. He's only in his 40s. I guess, look, we got a lot of guys who, uh, you know, are walking around right now in their 40s who look like they could be president someday. All right, Josh Hawley, uh, Tom Cotton, DeSantis, even Ted Cruz, conceivably any of these guys. After Trump! All right, stop getting all nervous and weird on me, okay? Oh, too much drama with Trump. They're going to do it to anybody. This is the new playbook, okay? They demonize, they make anybody seem like worse than Satan. They're going to make the opposition look like a existential, isn't that what they love to say? An existential threat to democracy. Anyway, Josh Hawley is fantastic, and he had some crazy liberal professor. They were talking about abortion, and she was one of the expert witnesses during this hearing, and he was just, wait a second, because she used, kept using the phrase for mothers like birthing person, birthing people. You know, wouldn't say anything typical regarding gender. Wouldn't say man, wouldn't say woman, wouldn't say mother. So Josh Hawley kind of wanted some clarification. Listen to what happens. Again, this is Senator Josh Hawley talking to this crazy, wacko professor from Berkeley, California. Cut 23. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. So your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) so. You are denying that trans people exist, and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're they're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. I bet you might learn a lot. Wow, I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot. I know. Absolutely extraordinary. (laughs) Uh, Wild stuff, isn't it? All right. So, how many how many women have transitioned to being men? You can do that. You can get a sex change operation. They'll fashion a, I guess, a synthetic penis. I think they take skin cartilage from your thigh and they fashion it into some sort of a penis. Or maybe it's a full-on, um, I don't know, uh, what do they call it? Forgive me, but uh, what do they call those things? Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that word. The strap-on, you know what? Do they do something like that? They give you a penis, but you keep your uterus so you can have children, even as a woman who transitioned to a man. And this person said by not acknowledging that, and I think there are three of them in the world, 
who have done this. And by the way, I think we should talk about the health of the child because she got to take all kinds of crazy hormones to do that. To transition as a woman, to, to become a man, you got to take an unbelievable number of chemicals. So you start growing hair everywhere. So you start shaving. You know, you just, it's crazy stuff. You can't tell me that we know the full impact of the health on a baby. Wait, you're saying you transition from woman to man and you don't want to, uh, well, wouldn't you want to get rid of the uterus? Wouldn't that be the first thing to go? If you're going to get a penis, you don't want your vagina anymore. Do you want to keep the uterus? It's crazy. It's all insane. And for Josh Hawley's asking some common sense questions. I just want to say that uh, by doing this, you are uh, making transgender people susceptible to violence. Wow. Good for him. Common sense versus insanity. Senator Hawley, I'm on your side. Big time. That guy's going to be president someday. Uh, oh, there's the music. I am going to follow up with the Bellevue, Washington Police Department. I called them with a genuine tip. It wasn't a prank phone call. I recorded the whole thing for uh, to inspire you, hopefully. Uh, give me a moment. I will play that when I come back and some other stuff. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey. What could be funnier than a Nazi prisoner of war camp, huh? How the hell did that show get made? It was only a few years after World War II, and uh, somehow it worked, I guess. Uh, well, it was about American POWs. In a... Anyway, that's the theme from Hogan's Heroes. I like to put it to uh, the January 6th committee. Absolutely terrible. So full of themselves. They took little timeouts to talk about themselves, uh, where they came from, how much they love America. Shut up. And quite frankly, I don't think you do love America with this kind of uh, uh, anti-Democrat, Soviet-style display. All right, let's go to Eli in New Hyde Park. Take some calls. Hi, Eli. What's going on? I'm good. Uh, I love the show. Um, you were talking about how the Democrat, how the country is falling apart. I believe that a big reason is because they just the Democrats and the left wing, they're constantly looking to take away God from everything possible. And that causes people to not have to interrupt anything. And it allows people to just have this sense of, of freedom and not, not a free, like of just no, no responsibility. And it takes away the regard to life. It takes away regard to elders. It takes away the regard to respect towards somebody else's money. And as long as the Democrats continue to 
dominate the education system, it'll be very hard to instill in the next generation a sense of responsibility and morale, you know? Eli, I agree with you uh, a thousand percent. You are you are totally right. Uh, taking God out of everything, and they have stigmatized God. Can you believe it? You know they make oh wow you you're a holy roller if you talk about this stuff. You know no 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 don't talk about you might offend somebody. Oh no. Now look, I will say this. I, you know public schools. I can see. Okay, I mean look, I, would I like there to be prayer in schools? Sure. Uh, will there be? Probably not. Can we live with that? I actually think we can. Um, I think we can. I went to public school and here I am. I mean, we never prayed granted. Um, I, I just, whatever I am where I am spiritually closer to God than I've ever been in my life. And I thank God. And I thank God for finally waking me up and bringing me closer in the Bible and finding and discovering. And I wish this for everybody. Um, but the culture has stigmatized God. They're afraid of him. They want to engage in the stuff they know is bad for them, bad for everybody else. They don't want to hear about them. And we cannot not talk about it. We cannot talk about him because he is the answer. That's what I think, Eli. Do you, uh, what are your thoughts? I just listened to what you said. What do you think of what I said? Yeah, it's true. It's, oh. uh, it's, it's a lot, also the parent system. If you think about it, the parent system got affected. You know, there's no, there's single parents is at its highest rate. And that also, it's not, you can't, not in school, there's no God in school and there's no God from the family because there's no family. It's just, a, it's a scary mess. And uh. everything that the liberals stand for is, is, is against God. I mean, the whole concept of, of uh, global warming is against God. And the Old Testament speaks out that God promised Noah that there's always going to be four seasons and there's never going to, it's never going to stop. Um, their, the, the LGBT, uh, uh, their, their flag is against God because God basically told Noah that when you get, when I get upset at the world, I will bring the, the, the rainbow to show that I am gonna, not going to destroy the world even though I am upset. And then they take this, this flag and then they wave it in God's face and saying, suck it, you can't destroy the world even though everything we're doing is against you. All right, hold on a second now. A couple of things. Um... It is incredible. It is just unbelievably wild and corrupt and weird and sad and wrong that we are now in a place where you can proudly fly Black Lives Matter flags and gay pride flags on a church, and that is somehow considered wonderful and beautiful. Yet, the President of the United States appears before a church— the same church, by the way, where there's a, now a Black Lives Matter flag and a pride flag with a Bible, and he is the one who's mocked. He is the one who is chased away. Look, Eli, there's one thing I want to say, though, you know, because too many folks, by the way, there's so much joy available in this. It's not like, you know, we got to put God back in the schools. It almost sounds like a threat. It's not. This is the greatest thing ever. But I got to say this, because when we talk about... um well, LGBTQ issues, right? It's like the go-to thing that people, non-believers or people who are on the fence, that they go to and say, you see, I can't be who I am. Uh, I want nothing to do with God. Uh, this is all rigged against me. Hey, there are a lot of things we all want to do that are not good for us, okay? Believe me, there are all kinds of things that we all get these urges, whatever, whether it's whether it's LGBTQ or perfectly straight, heterosexual, whatever, 
There are all kinds of things that we want to do but we should not do because it's not good for us and it's not good for others. And it it has very little to do. I don't know. I'm Look, there are, detail, there are things I want to say, but I'm not going to say them right now, Eli, but I think we're definitely on the right – we're on the right track. I appreciate it. What do you do in New Hyde Park? No, I, I told them in Asbury Park. But, uh, well, you know, our, uh, he, our, yeah. we got a guy back there. He barely listens. He, he says here, New Hyde Park. He's a good guy, but he barely yeah. listens. Uh, I tell you what, he's better than the old guy because he correctly spelled New Hyde Park. The other guy could not yeah. spell one town correctly. So, um, anyway, Eli, thank you very much. I got to go to Sandra real quick. She's a favorite of ours. Sandra, hello. Hi. Oh, hey, Greg. How are you today? Great. What's going on? Yes, hello, hello. I I wanted to say that I agree with you so much about saving this country. As each day that goes by, I realize more and more how important it is to have, you know, Donald Trump as our next president. However, Mark Levin said last week, that he worries for his safety, and so do I, and so do you, and so do we all. What about that? Is that something we should worry about? Well, I think we have to worry about any president's safety, all right? I mean, like the chances of a president being assassinated, if you look at the actuarial tables or whatever, are pretty significant. That's why we have Secret Service. That's why we have – look, you know what I would worry about is – yeah, I'm worried about violence, but I'm not going to say, well, just – Maybe in case, uh, theoretically, something bad could happen. Therefore, let's not support the guy who deserves it, the one who's changed everything, the one they lie about continually, and they're going to say so many lies about him that we're going to say, ah, it's not worth it. Ah, it makes them too angry. Ah, it makes them too crazy. That's their problem, not ours, all right? So any president, any president, uh, in, it withstands a great deal of uh, risk. There's there's a lot of it's a risky job. Something could happen. Mark Levin isn't wrong, but that's not why you know how many presidents how many presidents have been assassinated. Who's the last one? Kennedy, I guess. Right? They took a shot at they took a shot at um, uh, Truman. They took a shot at Reagan. They took a, they, they they successfully killed two presidents. Two out of forty six presidents. Those are like pretty big. Uh, that's there's a significant chance. What is the percentage? Who got killed? Uh, wait, three. Three. I'm sorry. Abraham Lincoln. Um, McKinley. He was shot in upstate New York, and then Teddy Roosevelt became president. And then and then Kennedy, right? That's three presidents. Three out of 46. What's the per- what, what percentage of that? Garfield. Oh, wait. Garfield? Oh, that's right. Garfield. So that's four. Garfield. Now, the thing about Garfield that's different is he didn't die right away. He died like three weeks later, right? He he died like a couple of weeks later. Sometimes I forget about him. So it's a risky job. Sandra, how are you otherwise? Uh, how are things? I'm doing well. I, I, I think it might have been on your show that I heard that Uma Abedin and Brad Cooper are dating. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I think it's fake news. I heard the same thing. I think it's fake. As a matter of fact, I know it's fake news. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I've got my reasons to doubt that story. I'm not going to go into them here. But I don't buy it. Huma Abedin and no, no, I don't, I don't, no, no, I'm not buying it. That's 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 fake news. Uh, but Bradley Cooper is a nice guy. I've never met him though, but he's a, he's a pretty good actor and uh, speaks French, by the way. Who knew? Sandra, say hi to David and everybody else. We love it. Hey, did you want to hear when I called the cops? So here's the situation, uh, Sandra and everybody else. There's this crazy 
Well, I don't want to say it's crazy. It's a sex shop for, you know, adult novelties. What do they have? What do they have in the sex shop? All right. What do they have? They have blow-up dolls. They have um, devices that shake, we'll say that. They've got uh, crazy underwear, probably have movie. They don't even have movies anymore. What else do they have? I bet they have, well, you know what they have. But in August, they're having a special session at the Wink Wink Sex Shop in Belling, is it Bel- Bellevue, Washington, for children to come in and get your freak on. This is for nine-year-olds to 17-year-olds. Nine-year-olds. I don't give a damn if the parents said this is okay. It's not okay. It's like bringing children to an X-rated movie. Look, sex shops, I don't have a problem with them, all right? Whatever. I mean, sometimes, whatever. When you're an adult, fine. Not kids. And this has received a fair amount of publicity, but not enough. So what do I do? Do I just get mad about this, rail about it on the radio and social media, and then move on? Last night on my TV show, I had to take it to the next level. I had to, What could I do? What can I do? You'd be surprised what people don't do when they know something is wrong. They don't do anything. They just don't. I'm not saying I'm a hero, but I think I did the right thing when I placed a phone call. Now, I didn't want to tie anybody up. I didn't want to make, you know, this is a non-emergency phone call because it's not happening until sometime in August, a couple of weekends in August. So I found the number for the tip line. And uh, where is this? Oh, cut 22, please. Greg Kelly calls the police. This is the Bellingham Police Anonymous Tip Line. If you're reporting an in-progress crime or require immediate police assistance, please hang up and call 911. If you're reporting a tip or suspicious activity, leave a message. Please leave a message at the tone. When finished, you may hang up or press pound for additional options. Hey, hello. Uh, so you got somebody named Jen Mason who's on the uh, the school board there. She's got a sex shop called the Wink Wink Shop, and that's fine, but she's going to have a bunch of kids in there for some sort of crazy freak uh, sexual awareness thing. You know, everything's okay once you're 18, but this is expressly for children ages like 11, 12, and 13. I think that's a big problem. Um, if you want, I can give you more information. Give me a call at. My name is Greg. And um, uh, yeah, the Wink Wink Shop is having a crazy, uh, inappropriate, probably illegal uh, sex instruction for little kids. And uh, totally wrong. Call me back. Thank you. I had not yet gotten gotten a call back. I expect to receive one. I made that call yesterday afternoon. Uh, who can fault me? That wasn't a crank phone call. That's a legit phone call. Uh, I gave them my real number, and maybe they already they could just Google this. I mean, it's all over the place. You can't have kids in a sex shop talking about sex. I don't care. I don't care if their parents are there. You just walk into a sex shop and you see blow-up dolls and vibrators and uh, the lube and, you know, crazy crotchless underwear and all that stuff. Fine when you're an adult. Not when you're nine years old. Fair enough. I think I think it's, uh, yeah. I appreciate, by the way, the feedback. A lot of people agree with me. They know where I'm coming from. And obviously, we're right and they're wrong. Something else we're right and they're wrong about. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see here. Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson. Who remembers Cassidy Hutchinson? Two weeks ago, 
Oh, boy, she was beautiful. Cassidy Hutchinson came out terribly anti-Trump, hates Trump all of a sudden, by the way. Can I hear a little Cassidy Hutchinson, please? The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. His clavicles. You mean his collarbone? You mean his neck? His clavicles. I knew she was a weirdo. I knew this wasn't adding up. And did you hear? She's testifying before Congress, and she says, somebody told me this. According to so-and-so, she wasn't there. Total, total fraud. The whole damn thing stinks. And then thanks to the Daily Caller. Have you ever seen this? It's a really good website, Daily Caller. Uh, Henry Rogers, who's going to be on my Newsmax show tonight at 10 o'clock. Check this out. Uh, The January 6th committee's key witness, Cassidy Hutchinson, asked former senior Trump officials for financial assistance and legal help in February after she was subpoenaed by the committee, according to an email obtained exclusively by the Daily Caller. In an email sent to a former senior Trump official on February 4th, Hutchinson said she has had trouble securing a legal team and asked the former senior Trump official for help with getting in contact with fundraising organizations or attorneys that could help her. Hutchinson explained that she was unemployed and that her aunt and uncle applied to refinance their house to help her. She was also said she was primarily seeking financial assistance and in a bind financially. Okay, this is like, this blows everything out of the water. Everything. Unemployed, clear financial incentive. She called the January 6th hearings in a text message, BS, short for bull bleep. Okay, BS. She is singing a tune because she wants to be on The View like all those other bimbos. I'm sorry, yes, I thought about it, and they are bimbos. B-I-M-B-O. Got it? Got it. All right. So um, thank you to The Daily Caller for uncovering. Oh, I'm late. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, I'm sorry. I buried the lead. Buried. Hey, what happened with that uh, boat that overturned in the Hudson River? A little seven-year-old kid dra- died, and uh, a 48-year-old woman died. There are indications that the boat may have been overloaded. Uh, we don't have the final report yet. I've been on boats in the Hudson River. It's not particularly my thing. It made me think. I jet skied in the Hudson River. I jet skied in the in New York Harbor. I took a jet ski all the way from, where is that, Mill Basin, all the way by Kennedy Airport, this little inlet that's still part of Brooklyn. And I took a jet ski from there all the way to the Brooklyn Bridge, then up the Hudson a couple of times around the uh, Statue of Liberty. I actually did it with my mom one time and uh, had a lot of fun. The water was actually pretty clean. It was not anything like I was expecting. It was one of the hottest days I ever, ever went through in my life. It was so hot. And it was about, when was this, 2013, 24? It was a while ago. I loved it. I wouldn't do it again, quite frankly. It was probably more dangerous than I realized. Uh, it 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 was fun for an afternoon, but I won't do it again. And this is just a sad story. You know, people want to get... They want to see New York, and that that river looks so beautiful and the view from it, but it's uh, very turbulent, 
And, you know, I noticed the skies are getting crowded again, all kinds of helicopters, small planes, right, over. You notice how, though, we don't have any real plane crashes anymore in terms of airliners. Airliners don't crash. They just don't. We've uh, we've almost perfected flying when it comes to those big jetliners, and, uh, and that's a good thing. All right, so here's the thing. Liz Cheney, at the end, dramatically makes an announcement about, ooh, President Trump called somebody on the phone. How's that, huh? Oh, alert the FBI, the DOJ. Listen to this. Cut 35, please. After our last hearing, President Trump tried to call a witness in our investigation, a witness you have not yet seen in these hearings. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. Their lawyer alerted us. And this committee has supplied that information to the Department of Justice. We will take any effort to influence witness testimony very seriously. Well, what does that mean? What, what, what information did you give to the Department of Justice? Hey, we have a missed call on our cell phone. <laughs> uh, we think it's President Trump, but we don't know for sure, because you don't know for sure, by the way. I've received phone calls from the president before myself. It doesn't pop up on the phone. President Trump is calling, okay? <laughs> and you can put the phone number in. It's a very sophisticated system. You don't know it's him. He's got a private number. It's blocked. It's it's <laughs> like they told the FBI, this is witness tampering? They didn't. He didn't talk to anybody. And by the way, it may have been somebody else. And even if it was Trump... It doesn't prove it. Maybe he butt dialed. Maybe he dialed by mistake. I do that all the time. People get spam calls. Wow. Are they out to get him or what? They told the Department of Justice that a phone rang. The FBI is investigating because somebody's phone rang. That's really incredible. This whole system. You know, my friend Dwight Chapin said the other day, if the government wants to get you, they're going to get you. Most of the time that happens. I don't think it's going to happen with Trump, though. He is that he's that once-in-a-thousand-year figure who's just not going to be gotten, not going to be had by these guys. And I think he's going to come back in the most glorious way. Uh, let's see. And do me a favor, January 6th committee, we don't care about you guys. You know, this Stephanie Murphy, I mean, you know, they're on TV, so they can't help themselves. They have no skill. They have no nothing. Uh, they just want you to like them and vote for them and uh, know who they are. Why does Stephanie Murphy, who I'd never heard of until yesterday, sit around on our time, on taxpayer time, talking about herself? Cut 33. I'm the only member of this committee who was not blessed to be born an American. I was born in Vietnam after the Vietnam War, and my family and I fled a communist government and were rescued by the U.S. Navy and were given sanctuary in America. My patriotism is rooted in my gratitude for America's grace and generosity. I love this country. That's beautiful, but not particularly unusual. Half of Los Angeles can tell the same story. So what? Then Benny Thompson tries the same stunt. What happened to Benny Thompson? He's still talking about slavery. Cut 34. I am from a part of the country where, had it not been for the federal government and the Constitution, my parents and many more Americans like them would have continued to be treated as second-class citizens. 
okay, the federal government has done some good things. They've also done some really horrible things, like these committee hearings, for one, like the Russia hoax, for two, that you perpetrated and propelled yourself there, Benny Thompson. Federal government uh, is just that. It's not our country. It's the government, and they screw up big time. You want to talk about second-class citizen? What about the Japanese, the Japanese-Americans who were put in concentration camps during World War II? How about that? All right. Benny Thompson, you know, I don't quite frankly don't hear much complaints about that. Do you? I mean, we've gotten over it. We've actually, you know, we, we recognize that that was a horrible mistake and we moved on. Why does Benny want to talk about slavery and stuff that happened in uh, the 1800s all the time? Because he thinks it helps him today. And given our sick society, it actually does. He actually achieves power and status by talking down America. Thanks for nothing, Benny. I'll be right back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Have you heard about Brittany Griner, the WNBA player who's been in custody in Russia for how long has it been? Three months now? Over three months? About three months? What was her crime? She had a little bit of marijuana with her at the Moscow airport. She was over there for some sort of a exhibition game and she uh, got busted at the airport now uh, and she pleaded guilty now she has not been sentenced yet I want to see here what the latest is Brittany Griner and the limits of American power looks like she has not been released they're talking there are negotiations let's see here uh, Brittany Griner is many things New York Times says LGBT LGBTQ icon And now the Times says she is also a living symbol of the limits of American power and of the American government's finite ability to protect its citizens abroad. On February 17th, she was detained for the pot, and now we can't get her back. Now, one of the reasons why we can't get her back is because Joe Biden has been shooting his mouth off recklessly and irresponsibly. You know, he started calling Putin a war criminal. He called Putin... uh, Putin's responsible for all this. He said he's Satan. He said he's got to be removed. You know, there are certain things you just don't freaking say. Do you remember they used to get on Trump's case? I can work with Putin. You know, I I get along well with him. I just, Kim Jong-un, remember that? He knew how to turn it on. Kim Jong-un will see fire and fury like no other person in no other country has ever seen and then he said, you know what? He's kind of, when you think about it, a, a, a sharp cookie. You know, he got in there. He's only like 32. And his dad was like, you know, a really tough act to follow. I mean, let's face it. So you got to turn on the charm. I know they invaded Ukraine. I don't like that either. All right. But we have to maintain our own interests. Russia is a great big country and they're invading their, I can't believe this war is still going on, by the way. They invaded the small country right next door. That's been happening since we've had countries. That's been happening in the history of the world. That's what happens. We, on the other hand, America, we invade 
a country on the other side of the world that did nothing bad to us, Iraq, and they didn't do anything. I didn't like Iraq, but we, they didn't invade us. They caused us no trouble. We went in there for weapons of mass destruction. There were no weapons of mass destruction. All right. So, look, because of all the crazy stuff Joe Biden has been saying, he can't get uh, this person on the phone. And she may not be coming back for a long time. And LeBron, LeBron James. You know, LeBron is still pretty young. I don't even think he's 40 years old yet. It seems like he's been around for such a long time. That's because he started playing basketball professionally, I think, even before he graduated from high school. So what did LeBron say about all of this? He's saying that Brittany Griner, maybe she doesn't want to come back to America, right? We got this. LeBron is such a, a divisive, nasty guy. And I know he's talented, but really, I mean, all right, where's that LeBron comment? Oh, here we go. Cut nine, please. Cut nine. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Okay. She wants to come back to America. Here you can walk down the street and smoke all the pot you want, right, LeBron? Now, LeBron, you say uh, America doesn't have her back. Well, I noticed that you were pretty quiet about her and her plight. You got a big platform there. You just started using it about 10 minutes ago. Why is that? Why is that? Not big enough for you? Not famous enough for you? You got to look throughout the conservative universe. People like me have been banging on doors, moaning, groaning, crying about her, putting it out on Twitter. Bring her home. And oh, by the way, I've been getting some heat for it. A lot of my supporters, a lot of my fans are saying, screw her. She, uh... She uh, turned her, she took a knee on a flag. She, uh, she, no, she should stay in Russia. No, she shouldn't stay in Russia. She's an American citizen. We need her home. She's being, she was overcharged. This is crazy stuff. Bring her home. I want her home here. All right. Um, did she make a mistake? Sure. Do I agree with her politically? No. But I want American citizens not to be in custody unfairly overseas or illegally overseas. She should either be free overseas or free here or in jail here if she breaks the law here, But I and she can kneel all she wants. I don't go to WNBA games. I don't even go to NBA games. I don't care. But in this country, you have the right to do whatever the hell you want to do. Actually, if I were the WNBA, I might try to fire her because I don't think you should kneel and all that stuff. But I want her home. And Brittany may want to think about that. And I could actually show you how conservatives have been sticking up for Brittany Griner since the very beginning. And liberals, curiously enough, have turned their back on her up until about 10 minutes ago. They got the signal that it was safe to, to talk about Brittany for some reason. You know who was really upset about this? Brittany, Mrs. Brittany Griner. Uh, she's married to a woman. And uh, she was like, yeah, we're getting blown off by everybody. Well, you'd be surprised who your supporters are. You'd be surprised. Um, and by the way, maybe you won't be surprised that Fox News is still fake news. I took you through all that January 6th nonsense. Here's how they reacted. I mean, really, what is up with that station anymore, huh? Fake news. Uh, where is this? Is this the Cavuto show? Who I like in real life, but uh, I'm sorry. Where's my Cavuto clip? 37. Go ahead. I'm not a lawyer. I could recognize crazy behavior, obsessive behavior, maybe unstable behavior, 
but is it illegal criminal behavior? You know, it, in, in some cases, I think the people who were giving him this advice were coming pretty darn close to that line, if not going over it. Yeah. Thanks, Fox News. I get that from MSNBC. I get that from CNN. I get it from CNBC. I get it from the New York Times. Fox News, too. Fox News forgot who they were, what they started as, what they're here for, an alternative to the rest of the noise. You really want to believe all those lies? Go for it. You know, there was an argument in the White House. Who cares? Pat Cipollone? Pat Cipollone? Whatever his name? He's a government bureaucrat lawyer, and he walks into the Oval Office, and there's a fight, and he can't believe it, and the fake news is astonished. (gasps) Well, look at what he said. You know, calling the election was not up to Pat Cipollone. He was the star witness yesterday. And the fake news is going on and on and on. I remember on Friday they said, oh, Pat Cipollone, he testified for how many hours? Uh, Let's see here. Cut 28. Listen to this. Cut 28. Last Friday. The January 6th committee spent eight hours Friday interviewing former Trump White House counsel Pat Cipollone. Pat Cipollone, who testified for several hours. Pat Cipollone, who answered questions for more than eight hours. All right. Eight hours. Got it. Wow. That's a long time. But how long did they let him speak? (laughs) So they recorded him behind closed doors for eight hours. And this is how they handled his testimony. This is a lawyer for Trump who uh, is of the swamp. That's a problem. It's one problem, and it's not really his fault, but Trump was never in politics. So when he gets there, he's got to rely on the swamp to provide him with all these people. And he gets a bunch of uh, people who are not loyal to him, but they're loyal to the swamp. So... Pat Cipollone, all eight hours. Listen to this. This is how they present that eight hours of testimony. Cut 29. Mr. Cipollone told us that he agreed with the testimony that there was no evidence of fraud sufficient to overturn the election. I want to start by asking if you agree, Mr. Cipollone, with the conclusions of Matt Morgan, Bill Barr, of all of the individuals who evaluate those claims that there is no evidence of election fraud sufficient to undermine the outcome in a particular state. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. That's it. Yes, I agree with that. (laughs) They took little snippets, just a few little snippets. Hey, Rudy Giuliani was all over this yesterday, America's mayor. And uh, I'm not exactly sure where he said. I think he uses a bad word, but do me a favor, Rudy Giuliani, cut 10. I'm going to categorically describe it as you guys are not tough enough. Or maybe I put it another way, you're a bunch of Good for him. Good for him. Everybody else was freaked out because they let the mainstream media think that this was some sort of extremist effort, that we were supposed to believe their lies about the election. This is a free country, baby. And the president is the president, not Pat Cipollone, not Bill Barr, not Cassidy Hutchinson. They were all telling him one thing. Well, it's he's the president. It's not in the Constitution. It does not matter what their opinion is. They are, by definition, advisors or assistant to advisors. Everybody in the government can say one thing. The president can say, I don't agree. And I got I got 75 million votes or 85 million votes or whatever it is. I'm not talking about checks and balances. I'm talking about the people who work for him. He is not compelled to follow their advice. And again, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which I am... <laughs> I'm very well versed in by now. And they don't talk about that, I notice. They want to change it a little bit. But they don't talk about that. Instead, they talk about, well, you know. 
And it's, uh, well, you know, you know the truth. Oh, one other thing here. Jose Alba, I think he's going to be okay. He's the guy who was working in the bodega or the bogota. And what happened is he was charged with murder, uh, $250,000 bond. We all saw that horrible guy go in there and attack him. He defends himself with a knife. That guy, the attacker, a 37-year-old dude named Austin, is dead. Sorry, Charlie, but you messed with the wrong guy. We have it all on tape. He was defending himself. So Fernando Matea has been driving some of this. Eh, Fernando's always, (laughs) I like Fernando, but uh, he's good at getting on TV. And and he's good on this issue because he's been applying pressure on Bragg to drop the charges. Got 15, please. We just met with District Attorney Alvin Bragg. It was a very, very good meeting. Uh, we were very surprised at his want willingness to work with us and his willingness to listen to us and understand what the problems bodega owners go through every single day. Unlike what we have heard that he is soft on crime and that you know the city is in shambles because of his actions, we didn't feel that way. This meeting was very productive and very good. Okay. Uh, what's the result? Drop the charges. What are you waiting for? You know, it could be that Alvin Bragg was just stroking these guys, right? They come in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make them feel important. You let them sit at a big table. You sit there and listen, just stare at the guy and daydream, and they feel like they've been heard, and then you know, nothing happens. So, anyway, maybe maybe something will happen again. This guy is still facing murder charges. It's totally wrong. The woman who stabbed him... We have that on videotape. She's facing no charges whatsoever. Bodega work is dangerous work. They're open all night long. Shoplifting is so rampant, so encouraged now. It's basically crime that is permitted, essentially permitted. The only people who will try to stop it are the the shop owners, the drugstore owners. And um, anyway, I like this guy, Jose Alba. I hope he gets out of this, and I think he will. Uh, let's see. There's Oh, do me a favor. If you wear a nice watch, first of all, a couple of things. If you can afford it, again, don't take the subway. It's too dangerous. If you have nice jewelry, I have a friend who has a beautiful brand new watch from, uh, what's that brand again? Chopard? Is that, the, is that a brand? Chopard. Beautiful French watch. So you've got to take that thing off and leave it at home. Uh, somebody very close to uh, uh, where I'm sitting right now was on the sidewalk having a conversation. A guy comes by on a scooter, those unlicensed, unregistered menaces, and steals jewelry, steals a necklace right off their neck and keeps going, just boom, like that. It was in the middle of the day, too. This is a dangerous place, so different, so different than what it was under uh, Giuliani and Bloomberg and just... It's sad and so unnecessary. Unfortunately, we have a racist, a racist as the mayor. He is a racist. Eric Adams, so many problems. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, anybody see the new picture from the web, the web telescope, right? I wasn't really, quite frankly, that impressed. I know it's, I guess, deeper into space and more clarity than ever before. Uh, it showed a whole big cluster of galaxies, but some of these galaxies may not even exist. It Some of this, this light is 4.6 billion years ago. 
Many more galaxies in front and behind the cluster. Um, what is a galaxy? It's like a lot of stars. Light from these galaxies took billions of years to reach us. We are looking back in time to within a billion years after the Big Bang when viewing the youngest galaxies in this field. Um, I heard a galaxy has more stars in it than grains of sand on all the beaches in the world. Can that be? Imagine that, a star. Our sun is a star. This is pretty unfathomable. Uh, It's hard to get your head around. But anyway, it is a nice picture. I'm glad we're up there doing stuff. I really wish we were back on the moon by now. That is going to happen uh, eventually, right? Right? All right, what's the other thing I wanted to tell you about? Oh, yeah, Lauren Boebert. She was on my show last night. She was on the radio show yesterday, too. She's fantastic. The congresswoman from Colorado, Republican. She's only like 35 years old. I think there's a damn good chance she could be president someday. Uh, a couple of things I like about her. Number one, during the uh, in the aftermath of January 6th, she wasn't afraid to say, hey, hold on a second. Didn't we all see months and months and months of rioting and carnage with Black Lives Matter? And that was all beautiful and holistic somehow? Listen to her on the floor of the Congress. This is January of 2021. Mind you, when she said this, she was she had been a member of Congress for like three weeks, period. Uh, cut 40, please. What about the gentlewoman from New York who defended the looting by saying looters just wanted loaves of bread? Well, the last I checked, Best Buy and Teslas and stores of the like do not produce baked goods. Where's the accountability for the left after encouraging and normalizing violence? Damn right. Great point, Congresswoman Boebert. And then at the State of the Union address this year, she has a new book, by the way, which I have just downloaded. It's called My American Life. It just came out yesterday. What else did she do? Oh, yeah. So after we lost Afghanistan last year, you know, it was a big story for about, I don't know, a week. And then nobody ever talks about it. And there's Joe Biden during the State of the Union. And he's about to brag about the uh, about Bo. And listen to what she says. This is right in the middle of the State of the Union address. Uh, cut 39, please. These burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home. Many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world. Never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness. A cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. One of those, one of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. Man, good for her. Thirteen of them. Talking about the Americans who were killed at that bomb blast that should never have happened. We got out in such a chaotic, ridiculous fashion, so unprofessional, so beneath us. Thirteen Americans were lost. And there he is talking about Bo Biden again, trying to link his death to these burn pits where there's been absolutely no linkage. Good for Congresswoman Boebert. All right, let's see here. Steve in Naples, Florida. That's on the West Coast, the Gulf Coast of Florida, right? Right. I'm a New York transplant back in the area visiting. Greg, a couple quick points. First of all, all the businesses in New York should ban masks. One of the effects of those is you can't identify anybody who's stealing and committing crimes in your stores. The other thing is, too, Greg, I love your show, but I think you're making excuses for Trump. I think we need to get behind DeSantis or Youngkin or even Tim Scott. Wrong. No, you're wrong. I mean, I'm not making excuses for Trump. I'm assailing the left. 
and what they're doing. They're lying about Trump. They're lying about his actions. I mean, no, not. I don't have to make excuses for Trump. The one who you got, you should start explaining to me and justifying Liz Cheney. I'd like you to defend Liz Cheney. All right. So you make the case. How is what Liz Cheney doing at all appropriate, legal or even remotely American? I can't I can't defend. Liz you can't Cheney do it. So you but you're going to let her you're going to let her and people from the left, the woke left, the mainstream fake news dictate our choices in the Republican primary. You are going to let them. They're running an extended campaign commercial right now to do damage. And with you, I see it's working. Liz Cheney, Benny Thompson, Raskin, the rest, they're taking the one candidate they're most afraid of, Donald Trump, off the table. You see, that's what's happening. That's their intent, to make you feel the way you do. I don't sit around making excuses for Trump. I don't have to. It's self-explanatory. He's right. They're wrong. Cheney is corrupt. So... I don't think DeSantis is ready, to be honest. I like a lot of what he's done. Um, you ever? Here's what you should do. Steve, I highly recommend this. Watch the debate between him and Gillum in 2018. He should be mopping the floor with this guy. He's nervous and weird and fidgety. And he he's, he, he's the same way sometimes in front of the press. I love the guy. He's going to be president someday. He's only like, what, 43 years old? What's the rush? Uh, Youngkin, Greg. What do you think of Youngkin? Uh, Youngkin, you know, look, I, I, I remember when he won. I like his lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears. You know, there's got to be something to be said for he just got elected in November. He will not have completed one term. I mean, he'll be he'll be governor of Virginia for a year, and then he's going to start running for president. I, I don't know. And I don't know anything. Actually, I do know a little about what he did in business. The Carlisle Group. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of those guys. Talk about Swamp. He's got a future, too. I like him, but no. I'm with Trump, baby. I like his policies. I like his style. And I think we owe it to him. Thanks, Steve. That's how I feel. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, another reminder that he is a mean, nasty guy, Joe Biden. Wow. Remember when he became president during that inauguration? Every now and then you should look at it and realize and just remind yourself, wow, how, what a liar he is. How everything he said he would do, you know, if we could only look at each other, dial down the temperature, see each other as people, not enemies. Uh, the way he talks to people with the contempt, disrespect. So some guy asked him about, it's a legitimate news story. I'm sorry. You know, your poll numbers stink. And the guy was, you know, worded it better than that. It's a reporter. And uh, it's at some picnic. And Joe Biden uh, really lashes out at him. Let's see here. Cut three. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they don't. The poll. 
Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in no. 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Read the polls, Jack. Uh, what does that mean? Is that hit the road, Jack? Remember that? Don't you know? And what did he say here? Joe Biden on uh, the, the vaccine and who's getting, uh, if, they're, if they're Latino, what's this? Cut four. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Latinx. Kleenex. All right. I got to admit, I don't know what Latinx is, but it's a thing. Latinx. What does Latinx mean? Latinx is a neologism. All right. What the hell's a neologism? Uh, hold on. Hold the wire, please. A neologism. Oh, geez. Is a relatively recent or isolated term word. Hey, you see, I shouldn't feel so bad for not knowing it. It's a recent thing. Uh, it may entering common use. Neologisms are often driven by changes in culture and technology. Okay, so they're saying the neologism is Latinx, which means it's brand new. Sometimes used to refer to people of Latin American cultural or ethnic identity in the United States. The gender neutral, ah, I get it. All right, the gender neutral X suffix replaces O or A. Hey, wait a second. I can't say Latino or Latina? Latino is a uh, Hispanic man, and a Latina is a Hispanic woman. What the hell's wrong with that? Now we got to say Latinx? Hmm. Well, wait a second. If you're American, you're just American, right? You're not, we don't have an Americano or Americanette. Hmm. We don't have a Russian or, well, that's a nation. How about if you're a European? We don't have a Europeanette or a Europeana. Hmm. I mean, huh. I'm open-minded on this is what I'm saying. Maybe Latinx. Uh, did they have to pick lex, lex? Can't they just say Latin? I, I, Latinx. Sounds, uh, quite frankly, it sounds sexual. X-rated, right? It sounds something, it sounds a little bit weird. In the meantime, so Herschel Walker is running for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. And uh, I like Herschel. Uh, you know, I never met him or anything like that. He follows me on Twitter. I sent him a message once. He didn't respond. No hard feelings. I don't do that myself sometimes. A great football player, right? What, what, what team was he? He was really great in college. And then he was a Heisman Trophy winner in college. He played for Trump on the Generals. So anyway, I hear he's not that fluent when it comes to the issues. Cut five, please. We, in America, have some of the cleanest air and cleanest water of anybody in the world. So what we do is we're going to put from the Green New Deal millions or billions of dollars cleaning our good air up. So all of a sudden China and India ain't putting nothing in their cleaning that situation up. So all that bad air is still there. But since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. So when China gets our good air, their bad air got to move. So it moves over to our good air space. And now we got to clean that back up. Yeah, uh, you know what? He's not wrong. I take it back. Uh, yeah, sure. It does. He, he, he didn't exactly walk out of Oxford University. 
But in terms of uh, America and our environment, we're pretty damn good to the environment. We've been great since the Nixon administration, at least. He's the one who started the EPA. Got all kinds of restrictions, regulations on corporations here and what they put out. Just go outside. We're in New York City. Take a deep breath. The air is clean. The water is clean. I was in the Hudson River. I was just telling you about it. It was like salty ocean water. Go to China, go to India, they got big problems. He is damn right. I'm sorry, Herschel. I believe the fake news headline. I am. I apologize to Herschel Walker. I get it. You know, not everybody, uh, people in politics don't often sound like that. It doesn't matter. He's being his authentic self, and he's making a lot of sense. Good for Herschel Walker. Do not let them pigeonhole you. What the hell is a United States senator supposed to look like? John Kerry? John Kerry? Well, we don't do that anymore. That's dated. That doesn't mean anything. We're not impressed by that crap anymore. It doesn't matter if you went to Yale, okay? It doesn't matter if you're six foot tall or six foot four, whatever he was. You got to look senatorial. You got to look like you're a president. Herschel Walker. I would love it if he won. I would love it. All right, we got to make sure that happens. Uh, oh, we also got to make sure that Lee Zeldin gets elected. I had Lee Zeldin on the show last night. I have a feeling he was pressing my. Well, I was kind of mean to him on Twitter, just a little bit. I didn't like something he did. You know, I was really rooting for because I, I personally know Giuliani and Astorino, so uh, I wasn't impressed with the debate. But that's all in the past. We got to get Lee Zeldin in. We got to get Kathy Hochul out. She's terrible. Terrible. Doesn't give a damn either. That's the thing. I rolled this video last night. She is, uh, you know, not pressuring Alvin Bragg, not saying anything about Jose Alba at the bodega, uh, did nothing during Black Lives Matter summer. You know, she had a huge job, lieutenant governor of the New York of New York State. Nothing. Nothing was done. It was just uh, murder and mayhem everywhere. And she sits there all goofy with that dumb smile and the big bouffant hairdo walking around with 80 cops. I have video of her walking from the Belmont racetrack where there is like no threat of anything bad happening. She is surrounded by 80 cops, uniformed, out of uniform, Nassau County, New York City, state troopers. And she's in the middle like she's the Queen of England, you know, waving to people. Just get over yourself. And, you know, we... You're not you're not facing any threat. I am, quite frankly. I am. I am. Every day. I do okay, but I, I can't. I don't have a security entourage. I don't have uh, this, that, and the other thing. I don't have people. You've got people. You don't care. She just is in it for the perks. And to hook up that, uh, that husband of hers. Husband's a lawyer, and now what is he? What is he again? The general counsel for some casino company? Just like that? Boy, what is it? Is there something in the water up there in Albany? Uh, Mike in St. James. Yes, hello. Hello, Greg. Would you give me one minute to explain how this congestive pricing issue could get Zelda about 100,000 votes? You know, uh, I, uh, what, uh, can I tell you? Can I tell you? Just say it. Don't ask for permission. I called you. It's your time. Go. Okay. There's about a million people drive cars and trucks into the city. In the near future, congestive pricing is going to kick in, which is going to cost all these drivers a lot of money. 
Now, I'm sure if Lee Zeldin campaigns against repealing or delaying congestive pricing, he would get a lot of votes from Nassau, Suffolk, Westchester, Rockland, and even all of the city from Democrats, Republicans, and independents who don't want to get their pocket picked. All right. Uh, Congressman Zeldin, I hope you're listening to Mike from St. James. It's not a bad idea. Congestion pricing pricing does seem like a drag. What is it? Below 60th Street, they're going to pay you to go down. You got to pay. You got to pay a toll to go downtown. That is so wrong. And that Brooklyn Bridge, that Manhattan Bridge, that Williamsburg Bridge, that Queensboro Bridge, they're supposed to be free. We want them to stay that way. All right, Lee Zeldin. I think that's a pretty good message, Mike. I hope he gets it. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, Debbie, what's up? Hi, you're in Cranford, New Jersey. Um, it's me, Debbie, the blind lady who loves the Lord and, and sees with her mind and heart. Very beautiful. And I'd like to say that I'm not wasting my time listening to that dumb January 6th committee. They're a bunch of BS. I concur. Uh, Now, why do I listen to it? Arguably, I talk about it too much. I put it on the TV. Look, I think you got to push back. I think it's important for me to recognize lies and uh, support Trump. Trump is watching it. Look, it's it's a happening. And I love current events. I do. And I just want to see what the hell's going on. I agree with you. And I applaud you for not watching. And I applaud that you have a a very close relationship to the Lord. Debbie, tell me more about you. Oh, um, I'm trying to get some speech therapy because my singing voice isn't too good. I had a stroke last July, and uh, I'm all right uh, with my walking and, well, my uh, singing voice, oh, like that, it wobbles. Mm. And I sang in church a couple weeks ago. I wasn't in good voice, and I was disappointed. So I hope I can get some help. Well, your speaking voice is absolutely perfect, crystal clear. Uh, the singing, whoa, I get it. You want to work on that. Um, hey, can I ask you a question, Debbie? Forgive me, but how old are you? I'm 71. Uh, so I just want to sing in my church once in a while, like once a month or something. Well, that doesn't sound like much to ask at all, does it? Debbie, if you don't mind, let's say a prayer for Debbie in Cranford, New Jersey, that she can sing in the church just like she wants to. And I'm sorry about that stroke you had last July. That's tough, but it sounds like you're doing great. It really does. Oh, and I love living in Atria, assisted living community in Cranford, and I love your show. And I'd like to say, give you a compliment. When when you're deep in thought, when you're um, contemplating something, you hum on different notes. You got perfect pitch. You're kidding me. Nope. I love it. I had no idea. It's so kind of you to notice and. Uh, Debbie at the Assisted Living Facility. What's it called again? Atria? Atria. I think they have an atria in in Manhattan somewhere, but um, I'm really happy here because I came here in 1996 after Mom died of cancer. Oh, boy. 
Well, uh, do me a favor. It sounds like a great place. Give them my best. I, I love it that you love it. Stay in touch, Debbie, okay? Yeah. All right. Take care now. Stay spunky. Stay spunky, you dig? Okay. Stay spunky. I love that word. You don't hear that uh, too often. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, stay spunky. And, boy, wouldn't that be great if she could uh, sing at the church, right? And, and, and seriously, her voice is, like, crystal clear. Um, no problem whatsoever understanding anything there. Uh, ooh. Oh, gosh. Here. You know, Debbie, you could give Joe Biden plenty of lessons in. Uh, you could be Joe Biden's speech therapist. Did you see what happened? He gets to Israel, totally bungles something. He, Wow, he misspoke about the Holocaust in Israel? Are you serious? Cut 18. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost. All right, you hear what he said there. Uh, Keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, right? He corrected himself right away, hard. But he's got this weird tick, you know, if I yell it, if I yell it a little bit, it's going to sound... I don't know, really uh, statesmanlike. No, it just sounds like you're a, a guy yelling. It's oh, it's really, it's unfortunate. We deserve so much more, don't we? As America, we got this guy, 300 million people, and this guy is the president. E- and what was the first word he wanted to say? It was a Jewish thing. I'm sorry, I don't know. I should know. It sounded like he butchered that. Can I hear that one more time? I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem. To honor six million. Okay, whatever it is, I know that he he butchered it. All right, I don't know exactly what it's called. I've been to Israel. I should know. Let's find out, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, what adult male or child or? Man, woman, anybody could walk by a basket full of nutter butters and not take one or 15. We have a basket full of nutter butters down the hall. I mean, what the – I love it here. I do. But what's up with the – why are we treating everybody here like a nine-year-old when it comes to uh, uh, food choices? There's nutter butter. There's Captain Crunch. There's Fruit Loops. Um there's every candy you can conceive of. Uh, what am I supposed to do? I have a sweet tooth. I got a problem. Nutter butters. I don't want nutter butters, but I already had one of these damn packets, and I'm about to have another. I mean, it's the same way at the other office, quite frankly. There's all these snacks around. You know, I used to do very well. My wife, basically, you know what we have in the refrigerator? Um, water and, um, uh, like, a very spicy mustard. And baby food. And that's it. It's like I only eat at mealtimes at home. But here, I can eat, you know, I just, ugh, nutter butters. I'm not, well, I guess I am complaining. I, 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 what, what, what do we do about that? It's okay. It's all right. Uh, tonight, 10 o'clock, the Newsmax show. Uh, got a, Oh, boy, oh, boy. Have you seen the Uvalde tape of the police officers running away down the hall and then loafing? 
You know what happened there. That crazy gunman breaks into the school, uh, room 111, I believe, and shoots 19 kids and two adults. The police respond relatively soon thereafter. Like three minutes later, the cops are in the building. And they're right outside room 111. And the shooter fires at them through the door, I guess. And they run away, not to return, for an hour and a half later. Now, I... <laughs> I I, I was going to say, I, I, I don't get it. Look, it's tough. I've been around, uh, you maybe have to. If you're in a room when a weapon is fired, it's loud. I mean, really, really loud. And a lot in your body would probably be telling you to run. But then all that training, then all that conviction, all that the sense of duty, you you can't run. And I think part of the reason why these cops ran And part of the reason why we seem to be sometimes broken as a country, no one is talking about the pursuit of excellence anymore. Police departments can't focus on excellence. They're focused on survival, literally. Getting in their faces, defunding them, calling them racist, systemically racist, a vestige, a throwback to slavery, body cameras, security cameras, cell phone cameras. They're fighting for their very survival. Excellence? You know, being sharp and ready for anything? No. We're a country of just getting by. A country that would rather be doing anything else other than the job that is in front of us. Just give me the cell phone, give me some weed, give me some Netflix, and that's all we want anymore? I know. How do I tie that all into those cops running down the hall? Well, I don't know, but I think I'm on to something. I can't see that happening before the pandemic. I I just can't see it happening. Or before Black Lives Matter. I can't. Running away. Now, I actually do know what it's like to be under fire. I actually, look, nobody knows exactly how they're going to behave. Most people will behave correctly. Most will. And that's one of the things I'm astonished by. Three cops. Three cops run away. They're right outside the door, there's gunfire, and they run away, and nobody engages for an hour and a half. I could see one, maybe two, but all three, and they convince uh, a dozen of their buddies to not do anything? That I can't get my hands around. Most people will do the right thing in that circumstance. I don't care if you had military training or not. Most, well, I take that back. No, I don't know if I do. I think most people will do the right thing. Most people have, have it in them. Some don't. Some never will. It's not their fault in a way. They were just born that way. Um, Now, one time I was in Iraq, and a mortar, kind of like a flying hand grenade, dropped very, very close to me and my cameraman and blew us right off our feet and sent all kinds of metal into our face. I did not know exactly what had happened, but... I knew it was bad, and to be blown off your feet by something you can't see, just a concussion, a wave, a sound wave, blew me off my feet. And there I am on the ground. My cameraman's on the ground. So I get up and start running. You want to get away from where that thing just landed, right? And uh, But this is the part, quite frankly, I'm proud of. I heard my cameraman, a guy named James, Mal James, say, uh, My leg... And he was from 
Australia. And I stopped and turned around, and there he was, still on the ground. And it was right next to where that damn bomb landed, and there's gunfire all over the place. I guess I could have stopped, could have stopped, looked, and kept running. I couldn't, and I didn't, and I went back, and I helped him to his feet, and we ran out of there together. I remember thinking I had no choice whatsoever. I literally had no choice. I could not leave him there. Could not. Just could not leave him there. Never would. How could you live with yourself? Anyway, I'm glad I'm so equipped. Not everybody is. I think most people are. Some aren't. They certainly shouldn't be cops. And if you throw in all of the nationwide undermining of cops, the second guessing of them, the their racist, the systemic racism, all those foolish charges. And then you throw in maybe they're the, you know, one in ten, two in twenty, whatever, who will not respond appropriately. That's that little toxic mix. Anyway, unfortunately I'm gonna have to show some of that Uvalde stuff tonight. It's incredible that this footage has been released. Uh, but it has been and it must be addressed. Okay? All right. So I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock. Other good stuff. Other good stuff. That's not good, but we'll have some good stuff. 10 o'clock tonight. I look forward to having you on Newsmax. Thanks, everybody. Sorry I ran out of time. Christine, I will be uh, follow up with me tomorrow. Many thanks all. Bye-bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.